0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Why don't we start with some college ball? Great to be back from the ice-cold basement that was in Wisconsin. Not as cold as I thought. I've got to recap on that later on. But great to be back for another huge year in the jungle. Happy New Year to everybody. And we did get a giant gift for making it to another January 1st. The gift of college football. The gift of an incredibly epic day of college football. The college football playoff has never been better than it was. The Nick Saban Invitational has never been more riveting than it was. Even if it didn't exactly work out for old red ass this time. But man, it almost did, didn't it? It almost didn't. I thought it was going to. Michigan's magical season of Scandal. It's still alive and well, however. And the Conference of Champions is going out with a trip to the natty. The Men of Michigan versus the Huskies of Washington is going to be epic. I love the matchup. However, it did get pretty sweaty at the end for both those teams yesterday. There was some extreme pucker action late in both those games. Made your butthole poker up. For instance... How about OT at the Rose Bowl? Redass had his tide three yards away from forcing double OT. And then Redass and his staff dialed up a truly horrendous, truly busted up quarterback draw that essentially got stuffed in a locker by Michigan. Now you might want to argue that it wasn't actually a true draw, but rather an RPO. Either way, the wrong play at the wrong time, or some bad execution at the wrong time. Blame it on the call. Blame it on a bad snap. Speaking of bad snaps, there were about 10 of those last night. How Bama of all programs does not have somebody who can snap the ball is beyond me. Or blame it on a bad read by Jalen Milrow, who did have other options on that play, or both. Or maybe just a bad call. Whatever it was, it was a really bad play at the worst possible time. The game deserved a better final play than that. An incredible game and an incredibly lame play at the very end. I don't know what's tougher to believe. That Bama does not have a dude who can snap the ball. Or that they made it this far without a dude who can snap the ball. Or that they almost beat the men of Michigan without a dude who can snap the ball. And no, I'm not putting it all on the dude who can't snap the ball. But it's all pretty hard to believe. However, you men of Michigan. And by the way, when I flew back from Wisconsin, I was on a flight from Minneapolis to Cali before the game. Let's not forget about the women of Michigan. There were a lot of them on that plane. And they were all representing. All. So I think that we've been shortchanging the women of Michigan. It's not just the men of Michigan. It's also the women of Michigan. It is the people of Michigan. Anyway, you all know that final play was not the only pucker moment. In fact, that play was nothing compared to the muff. Muff. The muff. muff. That almost caused the entire magical season of Scandal to end in the most painful, most pathetic way imaginable. That muff. Muff would have ruined more than just the season. It would have ruined that poor kid's life. Michigan really nearly muffed away the entire season in the last minute of one of the all-time Rose Bowls. That football rolls one more yard into the end zone, and it's one of the most humiliating and painful endings ever. But somehow that football stood itself clear of the end zone and just turned back at the half-yard line. Kind of amazing that the football gods were smiling on the muff of Michigan, men of Michigan. Interesting, right? Of all the, the programs or times, the football gods smile on them in that moment. It was almost like the ball, if that's not it. It's almost like that ball was being remote controlled with some crazy spy device by Connor Stallion's wearing a wig and a fake mustache somewhere in the Rose Bowl nosebleeds. Yeah, but what a sunset, right? What an absolute sunset every single year. Why do you think they play that game there at that time? But then again, it wasn't even Michigan's first muff Muff. either. They muffed twice. And they blew a PAT. And they missed a field goal. And they won In other words, who has worse special teams than Michigan? Nobody! (laughs) And it damn near cost them a shot at the natty. It's Michigan versus the world, and Michigan is still undefeated. Even if they're the only people in America that think they're America's team. Their act is working for them. Even if it's cringe as hell for everybody else. Got to give it to the players, though, man. Got to give it to the Wolverine players. I do. I do. I've got nothing against them at all. Play their asses off. That's a physical team. And they do what they had to do. A classic of a Rose Bowl. I'm not saying the most perfectly played Rose Bowl, but I'm talking about a really, really compelling game. One of the best ever. The only thing the Rose Bowl was missing was some of that big Penix energy. Go to the pre- Holy crap, did the entire country find out exactly what that means last night and what Michael Penix Jr. is all about. You want to talk about a lefty laser show? You want to talk about a dude that way too many people have been sleeping on? You want to talk about a guy who is just incredible to watch and a guy who is just straight up dropping bombs? This dude's got a brass set to go along with that howitzer on his shoulder and he's been on a mission since the word go this year and that mission is not complete yet check his act out on the podium after the game last night
1: you told us earlier this week i've yet to play my best game as a husky was tonight it no we got one more to go (laughs) we got one more to go michael when you decided to return for a sixth season could you ever have imagined this and why
2: Man, definitely, man. That's definitely uh, the biggest reason we came back. You know, I said it before the season started. You know, our goal was to win a, a national championship. And now we got the opportunity, we got the shot to do it. So, man, Husky Nation, stand up. Man, we going to the natty, man. Let's go.
0: Let's go. That's right, Husky Nation, stand the hell up. And if this dude says that he still has not played his best game yet, one, I believe him, and two, that's bad news for Bama. I believe him because he has kept his word so far. He absolutely did say before the season that he was coming for the Natty. And here is the proof from an interview with Fox 13 Seattle way back in February.
3: What's still left on the table for you?
2: Yeah, championships, you know, for sure. You know, I feel like this team, we, we definitely, we definitely bound for one. And I can't wait for it, um, but obviously it's gonna take in a lot of work. What kind of championships are we talking about? National. The biggest one. National. The biggest one.
0: This dude's not playing. Hey, and neither do I. Sidebar. Get on the phones. Open phones. Hour one. 2024. An enormous year. Somebody get your ass in here and set the tone. Remember, the first call of the year on the air generally ends up in the Ionic you're in review. Ionic. Don't you want to be first? How about if somebody were to wire the field? What if we gave a golden ticket on the first call? Remember, this is year 30 of the smack-off. What are you waiting on? Are you too hungover? Are you not in the right headspace? Get on the phones. Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. Back to Penix. Steve's not playing.
2: He's going to bring that big penis
0: energy. He showed up this season for a natty. He said it before the season, and now he gets the chance to play for his natty. Riding a 21-game win streak and running off 10 straight wins by 10 or fewer points. An incredible run for Washington, and as much credit as he deserves, and he deserves it all, As much credit has to go to his head coach. Not that we didn't know this, because we were saying this on this show when he was at Fresno State. However, for those of you who don't know, is there a more underrated coach in the history of the world right now than Kalen DeBoer? Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family. And I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried rough beef in a bag nobody it's like eating an old shoe old trapper though is the real deal and it comes in four amazing flavors old-fashioned teriyaki peppered and hot and spicy so the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime anywhere grab some old trapper beef jerky look for it in the clear view bag look for it in major retail stores near you if you don't see it just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares old trapper what's your beef the man just showed up to UW and instantly made them a power once again. I mean, you know this dude's career record, right? As a head coach. Granted, he did start at NAIA Ball in Sioux Falls. But this dude is 104-11. and 104-11 and 11 as a college football head coach. I don't care where he started. 104-11. and 11. As a head coach, he's a freaking winning machine. And now that winning machine collides with the magical season of scandal for the Natty. It could very well become the most magical Michigan season ever. As I know every single man, woman, child, and person in Michigan will be sure to let every last one of us know if they do finish. Or... It could be the greatest send-off ever for the Conference of Champions. Either way, it's looking like it's going to be an awesome matchup to follow up the two awesome semifinals. Early line is Michigan favored by four and a half. So if you like the Huskies, there's some value right there, yo. And you have to admit, pretty validating for the CFP committee. Sorry, not sorry, FSU fan, But nobody missed you yesterday. And nobody wants to hear from you today either. So don't try that. Leave Jack Savage alone. Leave Jack's Gramps alone. You lost by 60 to Georgia. 60. So nobody wants to hear your excuses. Nobody wants to hear about how you basically protested the game. And that's why you lost by 60. You lost 63 to 3. The committee wanted the best teams, the committee wanted the best matchups, and it's kind of hard to argue right now that that's not exactly what they gave us. Just like it's pretty hard to argue right now that Michigan and Washington aren't the two best teams, or that that wasn't the best CFP day ever, because frankly, it was. It was. Great day at college ball. College football fans, the championship is here and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on the championship game. What you want to do is download the app right now and use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in state. where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 180. And 68 hours after issuance, see football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We are joined by Isaiah Likely. Isaiah, great to have you on the show. How are you?
2: Great, great, great. Thanks for having me.
0: It's good to have you. In fact, really good to have you. So I mentioned you've got the best record in football. You've got a six-game winning streak. You're coming off a pair of massive wins over the Niners and the Dolphins in a span of only six days. Man, how are you living, and how good does it feel to wrap up that number one seed and everything that comes along with it?
2: Uh, it feels great. I mean, you know, going against you know two two great defenses in the 49ers and the Dolphins, you know, it, it, it was never easy, but definitely got accomplished, and just another you know, step in our milestone to achieving the ultimate goal that we have set from the start of the season.
0: All right, so it's pretty clear you're taking it one game at a time, one day at a time. But I want to ask you this. Your coach, John Harbaugh, and he would know, Harbaugh said that he's not sure he's ever seen a more impressive performance than what he saw from the team on Sunday. What about you? Have you ever been a part of a performance that dominant on any level of ball?
2: Uh, no. I feel like, you know, the whole – Ravens organization was clicking on against the Dolphins. I mean, offense was lined up, scoreboard defense was doing their thing, even on special teams. I mean, everybody was setting up points to be scored. So, you know, it was definitely a, you know, what happened to all cylinders.
0: We're talking to Isaiah Likely. Isaiah, let me ask you this. I mean, not only did you beat them, but you dropped 56 on them. Given all the run that that Dolphin offense has gotten this year for lighting up the scoreboard, was there any part of you or any part of your offense that was thinking, Y'all must have forgotten about us. Y'all must have forgotten that we've got playmakers, too.
2: Uh, definitely. I mean, you know, having the skill positions that we have from our, from Lamar Jackson to the, the receivers to the running backs, even to the tight ends, you know, it, for any given play that we have, we know that our skill positions can take it a distance. So that is definitely, you know, the mantra that we had going into the all year and definitely into the game.
0: Talking to Ravens tight end, Isaiah Likely, you mentioned your quarterback. I don't really need to wait for the official announcement. Lamar is going to be the MVP for the second time in his career after that five-touchdown performance against Miami. I'm curious, what was your perception of Lamar as a player when you watched him in college, and what's it like to be on the business end now of his TD passes?
2: Uh, Definitely in college, it was, you know, it was like superhuman. I mean, watching him at Louisville and then watching him in the league, I mean, there was definitely no difference. I mean, He's the best player I ain't given Sunday on the field. I feel like that's why I'll show you guys again why he's going to be the MVP. And then really just being on the business end on catching touchdowns from him. I mean, to be on the right right page, right time, and always having chemistry with him has definitely been a blessing, you know, because, you know, Lamar Jackson is who he is, and just being able to catch touchdowns and passes from him is definitely a blessing I get to tell my kids.
0: That's it. On. Isaiah likely joining us. Speaking of which, one of those TD receptions that you had lit up the internet Sunday when you pulled down that fourth down pass with one hand for a 35 yard house job. Can you take me through it and exactly how did you pull that off?
2: Uh, so, yeah, so we got the fourth down call in the huddle. Uh, I really thought we wasn't going to snap. We was going to take the field goal, but when you know, Lamar started, let's go. So, we got to the line of scrimmage, we, I think I was man coverage. And I knew if I had to do my main. Um, be my guy, Lamar going to give me a shot. And I was going to go up with two, but he had pulled down on my on my right arm, so I just reached out with one. And when I caught it, the only thing in my mind was going for six.
0: Which is what you did, man. You snagged that. That was really something. Isaiah likely joining us. Like, you were a difference maker last year as a rookie, and then you were called upon to step up even more when Mark Andrews went down in Week 11. Andrews obviously is such a unique guy, man. Such a great player. Such a big key to the offense. So I'm curious, what was your mindset when he went down and you were asked to assume an even larger role for yourself?
2: Uh, really, you know, just taking it one step at a time. I mean, I wasn't going to be able to do everything, you know, that uh, Mark does on a on, uh, you know, tight end role uh, off the get. I mean, you know, Mark just, you know, all around great tight end, one of the best in the game you know, in, in himself. So, you know, just taking one one day at a time at practice in the film room outside of football and just being on the same page as Lamar, uh, Coach Munkin, Coach Gassi, my tight end coach, and really just letting them, you know, media to my confidence out there and just show my skill set.
0: We're talking to Isaiah Likely for a few more moments. So Lamar is having an unbelievable year because – well, he's an unbelievable player. And because, to your point, he's got playmakers that he can get the ball to, guys like Odell Beckham Jr., even rookie Zay Flowers. In fact, how quickly in training camp did you realize that Flowers was going to be a big-time addition to the offense after he was selected in the first round?
2: Uh, I knew Zay was going to be electrified for the offense, you know, watching him in college at Boston College. Uh, and then, you know, going to the conversation of what receivers uh, you know, the, the Ravens had on their board. I told John Harbaugh in the room where I seen him that you got to go get Zay. Zay, there. you got to take him. So, you know, Austin, you know, Zay go in day in and day out, you know, affect his craft name, and you got to see him on Sundays definitely busting from the sky. Dude,
0: he's electric. He really is. What about, like, when you talk about watching a guy day in and day out, what's it like to watch Odell Beckham, a guy who's been there and been through so much, <laughs> what's it like to watch him work day in and day out and then play on Sundays?
2: Sure. I mean, Odell, you know, everybody, you know, mesmerized by his one hand catch, but in practice, he does it all the time where it gets to the point where it's like, man, that's just Odell being Odell. But, you know, him just having that vet leadership and then having that track mentality and obviously having him had already won a Super Bowl, having, you know, him be able to talk us through, you know, moments or adversity that we go through in practice or in games to get through those and understand that, you know, we're on the right path to doing what we want to accomplish is definitely always good.
0: So before I let you go, Isaiah, where do you come out on the whole rest versus rust conversation? You know what I'm talking about. Like, you bust your tail all season long to get the extra rest that comes along with getting that number one seed, but you don't want to lose any of your momentum. So where do you come out on this? Should the starters play this week to maintain that edge, or is rest the most important thing?
2: Uh, I feel like, you know, the organization, Coach Harbaugh, is going to do, you know, a perfect job being able to rest the people that need to rest, and then we're going to play who we want to play because the End of the game, uh, end of the day, you know, it's still another, you know, stepping stone that we have to get to our ultimate goal, which is to play in that Super Bowl and win it. But, you know, having the, you know, the comfort of being able to have that first seed, having that first round by, uh, we're going to do a great job of resting the people that need to be rested and then playing the guys that we have to play.
0: That makes sense. One last thought. You know, it's so cliche, but when the Steelers and the Ravens get together, go ahead, throw the records out. But the Steelers are one of only three teams to beat the Ravens this year. They have to have this game. They have to have the game. The Ravens already have the one seed, so they don't have to have this game. I know you're trying to win the game, but what are you expecting given the stakes that the Steelers are dealing with and what you have, especially on a short week? What are you expecting this week in that matchup?
2: Uh, the same thing we expect every other week. I mean, the goal that we have set for um, a Monday going into that week is to be one and out. So really, just keeping the main thing, the main thing at practice, film room, and off the field, and making sure that the offense, defense, and special teams are on point, and make sure we have a great game plan for the Steelers. We're definitely going to be on our mind to you know come out victorious.
0: I'll tell you what that sounds like to me. That sounds like the so-called Raven Way. There is a Raven Way. Isaiah Likely joining us. He had a big game in that win over Miami, having a solid, solid year. Isaiah, I really appreciate you making time for us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I've got to tell you guys about this. The other day, I've come across a product that all of us should be carrying around. It's something totally different for fresh breath. It's an amazing product called Zellman's Minty Mouth. And I'm telling you, it's a game changer. If you're up in the grill of somebody else and you're making your case for whatever it is, make sure your breath is fresh. Zellman's cleans your breath in a way that other mints don't and can't because it's not just a mint. It's a functional breath freshener capsule that you swallow. Clinically tested against the toughest offenders like garlic and onions, you just pop two or three in your mouth, you suck the minty coating, then you swallow the capsule for the confidence of fresh, clean breath, and it lasts for hours. This product is like nothing else you've ever tried. It fights bad breath in your mouth, and then it goes right down to your gut. This is the ultimate hack to get rid of coffee, garlic, or smoker's breath. You're going to like having the confidence of long-lasting fresh breath or your money back guaranteed. These folks will give you your money back. Not that you'll want it, but they will. They have free shipping if you order three packs or more. Trust me, you're going to want more, and nobody likes to pay for shipping. Go to zelmans.com right now. That's Z-E-L-M-I-N-S.com right now. You'll get 15% off when you use my promo code Rome. That's dot com. You have to use the code Rome to get your 15% savings. Do it now. All right, so no team in the NFL has been as bad as the Panthers, and they're 2-14. and And I don't even think they're as good as their record indicates. I think they're worse than that, personally. Non-competitive, Bryce Young, the number one pick overall, has taken more than his fair share of lumps. They obviously got the wrong guy. Nothing against Bryce, but they got the wrong guy. They picked the wrong quarterback. And he's not getting better. Panther fan knows that none of this is getting better. Head coach got bleep canned. They got the wrong guy quarterback who's not surrounded with enough help. And then you've got the one guy calling all the shots, the owner. Sure, his team, his right. But he's pushing all the wrong buttons, right? We're talking hot garbage. Garbage. And then to add salt a bucket of salt, a truckload of salt into that gaping wound, they get the first round pick, which is going to be the first overall pick, of course, but it's not theirs. They get, and believe me, they earned it because they're ass. They're terrible. They earned that first round pick, but it's not theirs, of course. It's going to Chicago. So things are pretty bleak right now, and they're going to be pretty bleak for a long time. It's going to be a minute until Panther Fan has any reason to celebrate, which means you need patience, which means your owner is going to need patience. I do have patience. He said it. I've got it. I know. I've got it. I do have patience. I'm just not... (laughs) Patient. He's like Eric and his boat. I I do do have have patience. patience. I'm I'm just not patient. Listen, if there's anything we know about David Tepper... Aside from him being loaded, he's got a lot of cash. It's that patience is not his thing. That's not me. Ask Ron Rivera. Ask Matt Rule. Most importantly, ask Frank Reich. I have great respect for Frank Reich. Check that. My bad. Ask Frank Reich. Frank Reich. I'll tell you how little patience this guy has. He didn't even keep that guy around long enough to learn how to pronounce his last name. Frank Reich. I'm sure Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Appreciates. Appreciate. Frank that. Reich. As long as the checks don't rubberize. Frank Reich. I mean, this dude breaks off head coaches like ex-girlfriends. And then on Sunday it got even worse for Tepper when there was a video captured of him with what appeared to be. Him throwing a drink toward a group of Jags fans from his luxury box like a spoiled ass brat, throwing a hissy fit and a temper tantrum because his team, once again, was getting his doors blown off. Jaguar security and the NFL are both looking into the incident. So, once again, not a good look for David Tepper. I mean, dude, come on. Come on. Come on. You're getting hooked by a Jags fan. Seriously. You're an owner of an NFL franchise that can get that easily hooked. Hey, Tepper, I hate to break it to you, but your team is going to suck for a long time. And now that you've done this, people will always be chirping you, trying to get you to throw drinks at them or swing on them, or do something other-regrettable. Yo, billionaire, get control of yourself. You own a freaking NFL team, start acting like it. You're just embarrassing yourself, and your franchise, and the league. just a terrible look. It really is. It's a flat-out horrible look. Throwing your drink, rushing to the front of a luxury suite, and throwing your drink out the window on some Jag fans. I mean, what are we even doing here? Entitled much? Yeah, I'm sure that you were getting chirped. I'm sure there was probably some knucklehead that was running his mouth. Except that's part of the gig. That's part of the gig. That doesn't mean you get to throw your crap at people like you're an eight-year-old. What's next? A food fight from the luxury box? You can start lobbing hot dogs and burgers and whatever else you rich folks get up there. Your team sucks. Your team was getting worked. And people were talking junk. You got to eat that, dude. You got to wear that, dude. Just ask the bowl cut. Ask Mark Davis. Except he was hearing it from his own fans. Remember when Raider fan had enough of McDaniels? Josh McDaniels. Raider fan was not like Jaguar fan. Raider fan got right up in the bowl cut's grill and let him hear it. That's when old Mark told them he didn't throw a drink in his face. He just said, hey, yo, smarten up. He didn't throw his drink at those fans or that fan and pout like an eight-year-old. Hey, listen, it's another, another reason why they have sweets, dude. One, because you're rich as hell and you own the team. And two, so something like that doesn't happen. Otherwise, they would stick you on the 50-yard line. Yet, it did happen. Because you let it happen. And no, I don't care who, quote, started it. <laughs> Again, are you eight? If a fan is out of line... Find security, that's why they're there, they'll take care of it, but don't take matters into your own hands, especially if that's how you're going to handle it. Like, you're blasted in some bar where someone disrespected your significant other, so you threw a drink in their face. That's not what that was. You're an NFL owner at an NFL game, and your NFL team is getting its ass kicked again. Still, you're an NFL owner. Act like it. Because that's embarrassing as hell for you, for the league. You know, kind of like that product you run out there every single Sunday. Come on, man. Get control of yourself. Get control of your house. As if Panther fan didn't have enough bull crap to worry about already. Now they have to worry about their owner throwing crap down on opposing team's fans. Like I said, dude, it's going to be a while before you're any good. Before you're relevant. Lock in. The chirping is only going to get louder. My advice to you, stay the hell away from it. Ignore it. The last thing we need are any more Tepper tantrums from a rich, entitled owner. Tepper tantrums. You see what I did there? Not quite as good as no-tippin'-pippin', but pretty close. If your last name rhymes Tippin', You better tip well. And if your last name is that close to temper, you best not throw any drinks or any tantrums at opposing fans. If a player throws a drink at a fan, if a player does it, you know there are repercussions. So what is Raj going to do about this? What do you got, Kamish? If the two words, wear that, are foreign to you, Maybe another two words will get your attention. Two words like frivolous lawsuit. I'm never one to promote these things, but you did this to yourself. Enjoy having your lawyers explain how your drink did not cause emotional trauma and how that paying customer will never be able to look at his kid's face without shame ever again. Or that the alcohol content in that drink caused an allergic reaction and permanent damage to that fan's cornea. Hey, Taps, just be glad you weren't drinking coffee during your little pissy fit, or worse, eating a meatball sandwich. That meatball sando would have gotten you an assault charge.
1: Frank Reich.
0: Come on, man. How hard do you think Frank Reich is laughing right now? All the way to the bank. Oh, yeah, you're real patient, dude. Him rushing to the front of that box I do have to throw patience. a drink at a fan, chirping him. Dude, you cannot be that easily hooked. We are joined now by Andy Staples, who had a long day yesterday. Andy, it is great to have you back, man. How you doing? How you living?
3: Oh, Unbelievable. I mean, what a day of college football. And I was at the Rose Bowl. If there was one cloud in the sky, I didn't see it. It was absolutely perfect. Comes down to the final play. I mean, you cannot ask for anything better than that. Andy, seriously, that
0: was such a beautiful day. And if you've been to the Rose Bowl before, you know what that's like. For those who have never been, talk about what it's like late in the day when the all-important sun starts to drop and you've got the mountains and just how picturesque it all is before we talk about the game.
3: It's unbelievable because the sun starts to sink and then the colors start to come out. You get the reds and the pinks and the blues and it was what's interesting about this is that's when the game started to turn toward Alabama's way, and I'm I'm crafting a lead on a story like the sky turned crimson, <laughs> and then with three minutes to go in the game, Michigan goes for a, a fourth and two on their own thirty three, and all of a sudden everything flips. It was incredible. I and mean, Blake Corum catches a pass, converts that fourth down, and everything opens up for Michigan's offense and. Then you get that incredible overtime with the Blake Corum run for a touchdown and, and Michigan stuffing Alabama on the three-yard line. It was it was absolutely amazing how Michigan came back because it felt like they were done. When they were lining up for that fourth and two, you thought they were finished.
0: Oh, I did. I agree with you. I thought for sure they were done. And you mentioned Blake Corum. You, if I'm not mistaken, you were stationed right there by the pylon. Dude, how yeah. tough and physical was that run that he had no T to win
3: it? I went and looked back and it was actually two tackles he spun out of. It felt like seven when you were watching it in real time. He 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 has an unbelievable jump cut to get in the hole. And then he spins away from Terry on Arnold. And then he's still spinning as Kool-Aid McKinstry tries to grab him. And he spins again and then goes into the end zone. And it's, it's, I was thinking about this as, as Blake Colm's locker interviewing him after the game. He does not look like a guy who would be that hard to tackle. But he is just – when he wants to get somewhere, he's impossible to tackle. So in his locker gym after the game, he's got a Barry Sanders Pro Bowl jersey. And I'm thinking, man, Barry's got to be proud that this dude's walking out of the stadium in his jersey.
0: Not only that, but not only the spin moves and his – elusiveness, but man, he runs tough. He runs hard, man. He's physical and they yeah. are too. Andy Staples, finish that thought for me. That is a physical runner as well. Let's not lose track of that. Let's not sleep on how physical he is.
3: Absolutely. And, and that's what I was talking to some of his offensive linemen. And they said, that's what they see from him every day. What's interesting is we saw that a lot in 2022. You hadn't seen it as much in 2023, but that game was a reminder of when Blake Corum decides He's getting into the end zone. You're not stopping him. I think, and we saw it like against Ohio State that touchdown run after Zach Zinner got hurt. You know, he's he's brought it out a few times. He's gonna have to bring it out again against Washington in the national title game.
0: Andy Staples is joining us. We'll talk about that in a minute. What about JJ McCarthy? Did he show you a thing that you didn't already know about him when he took his team down the field to force OT late in regulation, or maybe had you not seen that from him before?
3: I think we've seen it from him before. I think with J.J., unfortunately, Michigan's schedule doesn't do him any favors because he was at his best when they were playing an inferior competition at the beginning of the season. He was a little dinged up there at the end of the season, so you didn't get to see him at his best against Penn State and Ohio State. You got to see it in the fourth quarter yesterday, and I think that was a big deal. It it felt like after that fourth down conversion that Michigan's offense sort of loosened up. And J.J. had talked about – In previous years, Michigan having kind of paralysis by analysis. I feel like they were having a little bit of that yesterday. And then when they were in desperation mode, it was just like, okay, let's be who we are. Let J.J. Cook and we're going to go down the field. And that drive was the best drive they had all day. Uh, He was spectacular. He was running the ball. Uh, He was on target throwing the ball. And you saw what the NFL people see in him. This is a guy the NFL scouts really like. And I, I wrote a story about him during the week, Jim, talking about how he, he's got an NFL decision to make. And, and he's talked about that. And and people were responding to me saying, what what do you mean NFL? This This guy doesn't need to go to the NFL. No, he is a very good quarterback who will be pretty coveted if he decides to go to the next level.
0: Hmm. Andy Staples is joining us. So, Andy, Michigan made a lot of mistakes, but they were able to overcome those mistakes. Does that effort beat Washington in the title game, or are they going to have to clean that up between now and then?
3: They will have to clean up, especially the special teams' mistakes. The two-muff punts are unforgivable. Missing a a PAT is unforgivable. You do that against Washington, you are going to lose, and I think they know that. The thing is, that's so uncharacteristic from this Michigan team. I don't think we're going to see that against Washington. What I'm really interested in, Jim, is can Michigan's D-line get to Michael Penix Jr.? Because they were all over Jalen Milroe But if you watch that game... Alabama was struggling to snap the ball. They were snapping it at his shins a lot of plays. And when you've got to look down and then look back up, and all of a sudden that defense is on you, it's a very different experience. That has not been a problem for Washington. They get the ball to Penix, and he gets it out really, really fast. And oh, by the way, that's the best trio of receivers in the country at Washington. So it, that one, that match is going to be incredible because Michigan does have a lot of talent in the secondary. But nobody has been able to cover those guys all season.
0: All right, so before we go there, and Pennix was absolutely incredible. What a laser show that was. Andy Staples is joining us via Zoom right now. So, you know, obviously the media took a shot, and obviously Jim Harbaugh was not going to answer the question. Andy, in your personal opinion, and based on who you talk to, do you think that national championship game is going to be Harbaugh's last game at Michigan?
3: I think there's a good chance of it because – the, the NFL has been out there as something he's wanted for a while. You know, he, he interviewed for the Vikings job a couple years ago when when O'Connell got it. He, is, he looked at some jobs last year. He was in the mix for some, but was kind of a, a secondary candidate. There are a lot of jobs open. There's a lot of people who want someone who can work with quarterbacks. You know, you think about the Chargers are open. The Raiders are open. The Commanders are going to open. And... So it definitely seems like there's something to that. He just hired Don Yee, Tom Brady's agent, as his agent. He'd, he'd been going without one. You know, Remember, Jim Harbaugh was a really good NFL coach. He coached the NFL for three years with the 49ers. He made the NFC Championship game tw- – uh, sorry, four years with the 49ers. Made the NFC Championship game three times. Made the Super Bowl once. So he's he's been right there. They finished that Super Bowl on the seven-yard line, down five. So – it's it's probably gnawing there in the back of his mind, like, I can go do this. And if you're going to go out, this would be a way to go out. Plus, you have dual NCAA investigations. You've got Cheeseburger Gate, and then you've yeah. also got the sign-stealing stuff. We don't know what sort of discipline may be coming down. Now, if I'm Michigan, I would just ride with him because they're going to play 15 games this year. He didn't coach in six of them, and they're still playing for the national title. You've got Sharon Moore there if you need him to be the acting coach. But you've also got Sharon Moore there. If Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, I don't think Michigan misses a beat.
0: Do you think that if he goes to the NFL, that it's a given that Sharon Moore would get that job?
3: I think so. I, I mean, people have said, well, why wouldn't they call Kalen DeBoer? I actually think the NFL teams are going to call Kalen DeBoer Washington. I, I think that, that probably is Washington's bigger concern in the offseason is Kalen DeBoer might be coveted by the NFL teams as well. But I think Sharon Moore has shown that he's perfect to lead that Michigan program. I mean, look at look at the way he coached that game against Ohio State. I mean, and you know if you if you have him coming in behind Harbaugh, that there's a lot of continuity there. A lot of the infrastructure stays in place. I would want to keep this going as long as I could.
0: Andy Staples joining us, covering a lot of ground like he always does. I'm glad you mentioned Kalen DeBoer, Andy. I talked to him when he was at Fresno State, and I thought, man, this guy is a coach. This guy can flat out coach, and he's proving it once again. I mean, for him to go to Washington and do what he's done, and to your point that he's going to get NFL interest, and maybe you know more than some like some really legitimate NFL interest. Can you speak to just how effective and how good of a coach this guy is? And I don't care that he started at NAIA on that level. This dude can flat out coach.
3: Well, I think the NAIA thing matters a lot. He was a head coach as a young man. He was at Sioux Falls, which is his alma mater, winning national titles in the NAIA. And I have talked to him about that. And he said he learned so much there without millions of eyes on him. You know, I I, I go back to Kirby Smart being the national title game in his second season as the head coach at Georgia. Like, that's a hard place to learn things as a head coach. But Kalen DeBoer had all this experience before he became the head coach at Fresno State, before he became the head coach of Washington, where you look at him in, in like situational football, he always seems to make the right decision, although I know we're, we're killing him for, for handing off to Dylan, Dylan Johnson and t- taking knees last night. But I do feel like, like there was a fourth down late in the second quarter yesterday that he went for that I don't think most coaches would have gone for. But he understands his team. He understands the analytics. And... He went for it, and it worked. And I just think that the experience he had as a young head coach informed him now. And if if we're talking about the NFL, you know, Kalen DeBoer's reputation in college is not as a talent accumulator. He's not one of those who gets all the five-star recruits. He's a talent maximizer. And talent accumulation doesn't help you in the NFL because there's a draft that you don't recruit. But talent maximization is the most important skill when it comes to the NFL, and Kalen DeBoer is great at that. And by the way, you know, who else is? Jim Harbaugh.
0: Hmm. Andy Staples joining us for a few more moments. So Andy, what is your early lean? For instance, Michael Penix Jr. was unbelievable last night. We know this. Afterwards, he was asked, was that the best game you've played? He's like, no, my best game is still in front of me. What is your <laughs> early lean for the Natty? Who do you like?
3: So I decided before the semifinals, I was going to stop doubting Washington. Uh, I doubted them most of the season. I picked against them in both Oregon games. So I picked them to beat Texas. I'm going to pick them to beat Michigan too, especially if you're going to give me four and a half points. Uh, I just, at a certain point, I can't keep doubting them. And I think their offensive line has been slept on. This is a group that salted away the Oregon game on the ground that handled a really good Texas defensive front yesterday. They're going to play the toughest group they've played all season in this Michigan defensive front. But the way Penix gets rid of the ball and the quality of those receivers. Again, we haven't seen – like Alabama doesn't have anybody like that. Michigan has seen this in Ohio State. They've had to, to to guard Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka. But they didn't have Michael Penix throwing in the ball, and I think that makes all the difference.
0: See, the thing is, when you say, I'm not going to doubt them anymore, I see you working – but that's what they want. They want everybody to continue to doubt them because they're running on that fuel and it's working for them. Although I agree with you. If I can get four and a half and that was the early line, I like that. I think there's real value in four and a half. Andy, before you go, let me ask you this. Like You and I have done this for a long time. You've come on this show. You've come on my TV shows. You did so when you were at The Athletic. You did so at SI. I love the new media. I love what you've done to kind of reinvent yourself and rebrand yourself. You seem like you're having a great, great time working with On3. For those who don't know, and this is not a condition of this conversation i just am really curious are you having as much fun <laughs> as you seem to be and what's it been like
3: oh it's been unbelievable so i you know as a writer most of my career and i still do write i wrote a column off the game last night about going inside the overtime talking to the michigan players who were involved in all those plays but i love being able to to talk about it in a different medium to talk about it on shows on podcasts and so If you go look at the video I did on the field after the game last night, I say it at the end. I just say thank you for letting me do this job because it was unbelievable. I had the victors playing in the background. The Michigan band is playing the victors as I'm talking. The confetti's raining. It's the Rose Bowl. It came down to the last play. If you'd have told me as a kid this could be my life, I never would have believed it. And so I'm I'm forever grateful to to all those companies you just mentioned that have let me do this and, and to people like you who give me a platform because I I am so lucky. Like I cannot believe I got to do what I did yesterday for my job
0: right like they pay you to do it i saw the video <laughs> the video is great the video is great i saw it a lot of other people saw it too it got a lot of views and a lot of downloads so good on you andy Stables. joining us the day after i know you had a long day andy i appreciate you making time for us today like you always do great job by you and i hope we can do it again soon i know we'll do it again soon andy thanks so much anytime jim pro absolute pro this call essentially sets the tone let's find out Adam in Texas. Adam, what's going on? How are you?
1: Well, I appreciate being the first caller. It's my first time to ever call in. So, uh, the, no pressure on me, right?
0: No, you're good, dude. Um, you sound fine. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> man, last night's game was amazing. I don't even feel bad about losing. I think I would have felt worse if we had won, being a Longhorns fan. They dominated us from whistle to whistle. They had a better game plan. They had better receivers. It was – if we would have
0: pulled that win off, My Come on, man. No. Oh, oh. My man, I'm really sorry. My man, did you just do and say what I think you did? Like, oh, wow. Sorry, not sorry. I I did not want to do a good guy like that. You can tell he was a good guy. Long time, first time, no pressure on me. I'm like, no, you sound great. And he did. Mark in Boston. Mark, check that. Champ, what's going on? Happy New Year.
1: Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Jim. (laughs) Let
0: me turn that down for a second. Oops, my bad. Hey, uh,
1: Jim, listen, can I speak directly to your audience for just a moment? Please do. Was there ever any doubt that this wasn't the year of the Wolverine? The quintessential Michigan man walking into Caleb's barn and ripping the crown off his head? The team, the team, the team rolling through their schedule, pumped that soft bitch Mark and Hollywood's Penn State squad back to the Stone Age in their barn? Ripped out the soul of Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. Put Iowa in absolute blender on Indian- in Indianapolis. They tried to kill our coach. They tried to say we were cheating. Well, I'm here to say to all the haters and the losers, listen closely. Cheating works. I love it. We just killed the Prince of Darkness in Pasadena and sent those inbred hicks back to their hollers. And now we have an opportunity to drive the final stake through the heart of the pac 12 and send one of the worst-run conferences in history to its funeral. And then, welcome them to the Big Ten, where real football is played. And my prediction for the natty? Hey, diddle diddle, Blake, pour him up the middle. And one last thing. It's an incredibly sad state of affairs in Indy. Jim, Mike and Indy's fall from grace is tantamount to Lance Armstrong. Put these guys together, you got one full set. Mike, if you put half the effort into flexing those keyboard warrior fingers as you do talking junk live, well, you'd have the same amount of smack-offs, half of one. You're half a champ, you're half a man, and you don't have the stones to respond either. I'm literally talking into the void because you are a coward. And I'm sure you'll have plenty of time to formulate a little response behind the comfort of your phone screen, loser. Go blue. Jimmy, who's got it better than me? Nobody.
0: That's my dude right there. That's your smack-off champ. Number 29, rack him. It goes without saying, rack him. rack him. Mark in Boston, wishing the jungle a happy new year from the Wolverines. This is why this guy's different. Let's go to Washington. Matt, good to have you. Matt, how are you? What's going on? What's going on, Matt? First
1: all, being a star of Texas means, uh, Shakira, Bruce Willis, global warming... That's
0: not a good
1: call. No. You don't like that call. I
0: don't like
2: that call. You
0: know what that was Matt in Washington was pretending to be Matt in Cleveland. Let's go to Michigan. Dave in Michigan. What's going on, Dave? How are you?
1: Good morning. How are you? Happy New Year. You too. Uh, My question was, they can review everything under the sun on a scoring play at the end of an NFL game. Why, when it's not a judgment call, why can't they review the officials that make the call wrong? Review how?
0: How how would you review that? Would you roll the tape on the conversation? The player is checking in. Is eligible, ineligible? How could you review that play?
1: Well, it was clear he checked in. You could see him walk up. It was clear the officials made the wrong call. Like, you know, if they, when it's not a judge, I understand judgment calls, you know, they did, took their best shot. But when it's clear he was eligible, he did report, they can say, oh, there was no illegal formation. It's a touchdown or it's a, a point.
0: Well, they announced the wrong player, for one. Hey, listen, I'm not going to say you didn't get jammed. I want to say this. I don't want to give away thanks, Dave. I don't want to give away my entire thought on this because I it, I need time. I don't have time right now to get into this whole thing. You got screwed. You got jammed. The refs got it wrong. Good night, no.